At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. The following is an exclusive presentation of the Carolina Panthers and the National Football League. Yeah! Touchdown! This is Panther Talk with head coach Matt Rule on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. I think Baker's done a tremendous job in a short amount of time. Uh, picked up the offense, uh, connected with his teammates, um, and I think uh, I think you know now was the time to go ahead and make that decision. Give him some time here in the coming weeks to, to really get this offense moving forward. And now, along with Jim Zoki and Eugene Robinson, here's Anish Shroff with Panther Talk, live from the Panthers broadcast facility at Bank of America Stadium. I guess we need to do our best Sean Connery imitation, Finding Forrester. <laughs> oh, that's one of the best movies out ever. You're the man now, <laughs> dog. <laughs> Listen, we've been waiting for a decision to come down. The decision was made today. Baker Mayfield is the Panthers' starting quarterback. Baker is the man. He will start week one. We expect to see him for about a quarter or so Friday in the preseason finale against Buffalo. This is all relatively new. It all came down this afternoon. Jim Zoki, you were just at the practice you heard from Baker, you heard from Sam Darnold, you heard from Matt Rule, so let's start with you. Uh, give us a snapshot of, of kind of what was being said, what jumped out to you. Yeah, Coach Rule came off the practice field, which um, they practiced a good 30, 40 minutes longer than they were supposed to today, so they got a lot of work in today and a lot of situational football. But uh, you know, Coach talked down there, and it was very similar to that soundbite you played, like now was the time to make that decision. Give him time to get that chemistry going. And he mentioned things like uh, how he has said this before, how Baker processes things quickly. He needs to get into that groove and chemistry with the O-line and his center in particular. Uh, so things like that, that they really have uh, this time with his, not only just his receivers, but getting the timing down. Uh, I was downstairs. They brought in first Sam Darnold and then Baker Mayfield uh, for their press conferences afterwards. And I'll tell you, Gene, I mean, I'm sure you've seen these uh, kind of things in person before with your teammates. But Sam came in. He's he's hurting. I mean, he said, this uh, S-U-C-K-S's. It just does. He goes, because I want to be a starter. And he said, I'm going to be you know there for Baker. I'm going to support him. So it wasn't like he didn't mean like in a, in a negative way as far as the team, but that the situation is he wants to be – he's competitive. He wants to be a starter, and he's got those traits and attributes. So uh, then Baker came in afterwards and uh, team first and all that, and it was a friendly competition. But somebody's got to be the starter. Somebody's going to be the second guy. And you know, it's, it's just a tough moment because Sam's obviously just getting that news today. You know uh- – as a quarterback, he's a quarterback, he's a number one quarterback, and he's always been the guy. He's always been the guy. Whether he was at the Jets, whether he came here, he was the guy. And now 
someone tells you that you're not the guy, it is a blow to your ego. It is a blow because now you start to question yourself. You start to doubt yourself. Uh, and I, I feel bad for him, but I, I think this is maybe a good thing because what's going to happen for him is he's going to be waiting in the wings every single time, waiting for, unfortunately, guys get hurt, that a guy gets hurt and he goes in there and says, I'm the guy and I'm going to prove to you. He's going to have another opportunity, another chance. On the flip side of Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield is having a he's, – he's going to prove to the world like, yeah, they got rid of me and they shouldn't have gotten rid of me. And I want to start hearing uh, fresh in the Carolinas where I have a fresh new chance to go over and let you know that I am a number one draft pick and I was a draft number one draft pick that won a Heisman for the real deal because I'm the real deal. And that version right there, that version of Baker. Yes. World is against me. Everybody yes. doubts me. That's the version we want here. That's the version we're in the past. That's made Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield. Go back to Lake Travis High School when he played high school ball in Texas. One of the powerhouse programs in the football-crazed state of Texas. He had teammates getting looks and offers from the Big 12. None of those schools offered him. All right, I'll bet on myself. Walked on to Texas Tech. First game, freshman walk-on, he's starting at Texas Tech. Got hurt, lost his job, never quite recovered from that at Texas Tech, despite putting up some good numbers early in his freshman year at Texas Tech. No guarantee of a scholarship the next season. All right, I'll bet on myself again. Transfers where? (laughs) To rival Oklahoma. Oklahoma. (laughs) What happens a few years later? Heisman Heisman Trophy. (laughs) Number one overall pick. Plays with a swagger, plays with the boulder on his shoulder. If we get that version of Baker, Jim, Listen, it's going to be an entertaining season. I talked to uh, Hollywood Higgins one-on-one out in the hallway out here about 10 minutes ago, and he played with Baker for four yep. years in Cleveland. And so I asked him about the receiver room. I kind of built up to Baker and the, the quarterback situation. I go, Baker's been pretty sedate here. I go, I'm a, I grew up a Browns fan. I watch, I watch Cleveland from a distance. I said, now that he's been named the starter, do you think we'll see a bigger personality? He just looked at me and goes, yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, you guys, he said all the right things. Yes. I don't think he's going to not say the right things. Yes. He's going to still be a team guy and all that. But there is, to Anisha's point, there is a brashness, a cockiness that is the the, the fabric of who the personality is. You're of Baker absolutely Baker. right. You said the fabric. This is part of his DNA. This is who he is. A guy who has a chip on his shoulder who's been overlooked, 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 and has to go and prove himself. And then he's the guy in Cleveland, and now he's not the guy. He's floundering back and forth, trying to home here in Panthers. He wants everybody to know that you made a colossal mistake. I'm the guy, and I'm going to go ahead and prove it. I love his swagger. I love the confidence. I love the passion. I love the leadership. I love how he commands the offense. And I think, to me, I'm glad Coach Rule did it right now because this is the right cho- uh, choice. Give him the, the opportunity to go ahead and make this his team. And you don't wait for the last game to do it. You do it now so that, okay, everybody knows where we're going and this is the direction we're moving in. And we get all on the same page. And that's what he has to uh, do. And I'm glad Coach Rube made the decision right now and not later. Yeah, he's been splitting reps for the past almost month with Sam Darnold. Now he's got almost three weeks where he's going to get the first team reps. 
Did they talk about that at all in the press conference? Yeah, I think um, you know this that matters because you know Icky is is there. And yes. Coach talked about Icky afterwards. Gave up a couple sacks back to back in the preseason game. He said this is where you learn. So he said this is you know, you you learn from plays like that not to do things in a certain way again. So yeah, this will be Baker's team as far as working with the ones when they're out there at practice today with Sam with the twos. So yeah, from now, this point on, it's like he's your starting quarterback and he practices in that way. You know, uh, quickly to Icky, on that little switch, there was a switch that he had to go ahead and with the guard and the tackle. He, there was a switch that got inside of him on, on the inside. That's a tough play to go ahead and block when you're looking for the guy to come on the outside of you. And now you have to go ahead and protect your inside. The guy slips on the inside and makes a sack. I thought that was a great play by the defense because typically if you do that and get on the inside of a tackle and not worry about the outside, you might be able to get a lot of sacks that way. And so that may be something that they see moving forward that they have to go ahead and defend against because typically that doesn't happen. A guy gets on the inside of your shoulder off the switch. He's typically on the outside of you. Yeah, we'll talk more on the offensive line. Jim had a chance to catch up with Taylor Moten. We'll hear from Coach Rule and GM Scott Fitterer about Baker Mayfield now officially being QB1. All that is coming up on Panthers Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Bank of America, official bank of the Carolina Panthers. Jones under pressure, steps up, and is sacked. Julian Stanford getting into the backfield. Four-man pressure. Sappy is sacked by the rookie, Brandon Smith. I think anytime you have a game like this where you put your twos and your threes out there, uh, it's their opportunity to show that they can play at this level, and... Very rarely do they get a chance to go against another team's ones, and especially a team that you know, won 11 games last year and went to the playoffs. So unbelievable opportunity for a lot of our guys to put it on tape and show what they can do. And uh, there'll be a lot of good things. There'll also be a lot of things that we have to correct. But anytime your twos can you know, play that well early against a, a starting team like that, um, it, gives you some, it gives you some excitement about you know, your down-the-line uh, group. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Here with Panthers head coach Matt Rule. Decision today to name Baker Mayfield the starting quarterback. Ultimately, why Baker? I think Baker's done a tremendous job in a short amount of time. Uh, picked up the offense, uh, connected with his teammates, um, and I think uh, I think you know now was the time to go ahead and make that decision. Give him uh, some time here in the coming weeks to to really get this offense moving forward. He got here pretty late, just a few weeks before training camp. So at this point, how do you characterize his grasp of the playbook and the offense? I think he's got a really good grasp of it. Uh, but with that being said, I, I really look forward to him having, um, you know, week after week after week of just mastering the details and mastering the fundamentals. Because what I love about what Coach McAdoo brings is there's there's infinite possibilities and a lot of ownership at the quarterback position to take things in different directions on each play. And so, as he has more time, as he builds chemistry with his teammates on offense, I think they'll they'll just continue to improve. How comfortable is he with that autonomy, if you want to call it, at the line of scrimmage? Well, I think most quarterbacks you know, that play college football nowadays are pretty used to a lot of that, even high school football, because it's really the game and the way it's played at that level. But uh, Baker's a really smart guy. He understands not just our offense, but also situational football, and I think he's a great fit for it. What did you tell Sam Darnold? Well, that I, that I believe in him, that I think he's an excellent quarterback, an even better person and teammate. Uh, I know this has to be hard for him. But uh, he's really come a long way as a quarterback, and, you know, his best days are ahead of him. He's going to have opportunities to play. Um, you know, just, that's just kind of the way this game goes. And, and when one comes, uh, you know, I know that he'll be ready. 
What's been the benefit to the rest of the team and, and just watching it as a coaching staff about this quarterback competition over this last month? Well, you know, people love to talk about competition and they love to talk about how they love to compete. Uh, but sometimes when it comes time to compete, they, they back away. And what I've seen from these guys is they don't they didn't back away. They've attacked this thing from the very beginning. Um, and it's been a great example to the rest of our guys. As you kind of get down here toward the end of preseason, what do you feel are going to be some of the, the tough roster decisions that you'll have to come to? Well, you know, we uh, we have a lot of guys that have played on this team the last couple of years, and as we've continued to add new and new players, there's there's a lot of battles for guys, and really uh, special teams depth, um, uh, how you fit in in, the, in those areas, you know, the multiplicity of what you can do, those will be a lot of the key decisions, and uh, it won't it will not be easy. Who are a couple of guys that you know have an opportunity this Friday to really earn a roster spot potentially? I think it's guys, you know, it's guys like Mosby. It's guys like, uh, you know, Davion Nixon, Bravion Roy, uh, 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 Phil Hoskins. You know, those guys have played a lot of football so far this training camp. Sometimes you're not even fighting for, you know, to make the roster. Sometimes you're fighting for a role. You know, it's like, hey, I'm on the team, but I want to play more. I want to be a starter. And so I think we have really good battles at a lot of positions. There's a human side to football, too. And in uh, less than three weeks... You know, you are going to be completely consumed by football for the better part of the next five, six months. So when you have an off weekend, when you have a little time, give me Matt Rule, the family man. Like, do you got to make some deposits before the season starts? Oh, well, I'm a, I'm a husband and father first. I mean, that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's my greatest passion. And so uh, I think we got home, well, we played Friday night. We got home at like 4 in the morning. We worked all day uh, Saturday. Got home well, late Saturday night. And uh, my family, we made my 17-year-old. He didn't want to. We all watched Princess Bride. And uh, then I had a, my, my youngest daughter, Leona. She's seven. We had a uh, sleepover in the play. She has a little playroom and made me sleep on the couch. And when I woke up at like 5 in the morning, she had gone back to her bed and I was sleeping on the couch. So it's probably why I'm walking around a little crooked right now. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, I... Um, you know, I'm able to do this job that I love because of the sacrifices, number one, of Julie and also of my kids. And so um, I love any chance I get to be with them. So any big plans with the family before we get to week one in Cleveland? Uh, no, <laughs> I, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I'll, be, I'll be working on this and, um, you know, like I said, trying to steal any moment I can. But we won't get away. We won't do anything. You know, we'll be, uh, we'll be getting ready for Buffalo this week. And then we've got two weeks to get ready for Cleveland. All right, thanks, Matt. Thank you, my friend. Our broadcast roundtable is brought to you by Sitgo. Keep your engine clean with tri-clean Sitgo gasoline. Sitgo, let's go together. We go together. Anish Raf, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. Oh, we talked a lot about Baker Mayfield, named the starter today. I, I want to get into the other quarterback who is making news, and, and, and that's Matt Corral. Tough break. Suffered a mm. list frank injury in the Friday preseason loss to New England. He's going to be out a while. I think the expectation is he probably goes on IR eventually. But from a developmental standpoint, Eugene, he can't be on the field. Yes. So, so how can he still develop while he's recovering from an injury? He's going to watch film. I mean, typically what you do is you watch film and you watch a lot of film. Um, you try to stay in it as far as when the games are being played and then when you go in that quarterback room, you sit there and you watch. You, you, you look at to see the plays that the quarterback should have made, didn't make, and what would you do if you were that guy? You know, and so I really do feel for him because I was looking forward to this young man having a chance to develop 
do practice squad, do all the stuff that you would do so that you have a good chance because I really believe he's a really good quarterback in the making. But right now with that Liz Frank injury, you're on the sidelines, and now you got to watch film and you got to learn on the sidelines. Yeah, he's got tools, but he's raw. And yes. so Baker Mayfield's taking him under his arm, and this was going to be a year, as you said, I think his days would have been Wednesdays and Thursdays yes. out of practice. Uh, probably would have been deactivated on Sundays. But uh, you so much learning you can do, as you said, watching film and watching from the sidelines. But he needs those physical reps to get out of the system he was at at Ole Miss to learn how to be an NFL pro quarterback and run, if it's scout team or whatever, in practices and things like that. And so it's don't disappointing. Forget, Zoke, when you say scout team, you're running the other team's offense. And so you're learning, a, you're going to learn a ton of offense of. From the, from the league and of, of what guys do. And you're going to learn what the quarterbacks like to do or what side they like to go to the ball. Uh, and then you're going to be saying, no, I wouldn't do that. I would do this. And so there's a lot of development that happens when you're the backup quarterback, when you're running the scout team, because you're running the number one offense of the opposing team. Yeah, and he was somebody that was looked at as a long-term play. Yes. And and, and potentially, potentially a, a franchise quarterback even, at a place like Carolina. And you've got two quarterbacks. We talk about Baker and Sam who are on expiring contracts or on one-year deals. You want to at least know where does Matt Corral fit in. Do you think he's a two at the end of this year? Is he a three? And now that development's been kind of thwarted, like as opposed to like you might know he's our number two guy for sure next year. Now you got to kind of evaluate all that. But uh, talking injuries, injury updates are brought to you by Ortho Carolina, one of the nation's leading orthopedic practices. I uh, had uh, Terrace Marshall back at practice. Shaq Thompson back off the PUP, so some good news in addition, obviously, to the Matt Corral foot injury. Ortho Carolina leverages its expertise from treating professional athletes like the Carolina Panthers and applies it to the entire patient community. Visit orthocarolina.com. Jim, I'm glad you brought up Terrace Marshall's name because uh, you'll hear later in our interview with Scott Fitterer, you've heard Matt Rule talk about it as well. Get the sense that this last preseason game is big for Terrace Marshall. I'm getting that sense. Mm-hmm. They're wanting to see him on the field. I think Eugene was the first one I ever heard say this. I, I know you didn't coin it, but your best ability is availability. And, uh, and in this league, it matters. And uh, when, when coaches are calling you out a little bit, that means they think you're probably you're close enough to come practice, and he was back out there today. You know, it is so important. You cannot make the, uh, the, the club in the tub. You can't. you got to be out there on the field because – NFL passes you by. There's tons of great receivers. And what makes you a great receiver is being available and being ready and being when someone calls on you, you're that guy. Whether you're running a clearing route or whether the ball's coming to your side, you're that guy. And if you're not that guy, they will find a guy because there's tons of you. There's tons of marshals. Tons of them. I tell you what, though, you know, we watched Marshall in Spartanburg. He made some catches. He looked he good. And, and, and that's why you're hearing – what we're hearing. People want to see him out there because he has shown what he's capable of. We didn't really get a chance to see that last year. No, he only had 17 catches. He was dinged up coming in out of LSU that continued last year. And to Eugene's point, I see Shai Smith. I see Hollywood Higgins. <laughs> I see even an Andre Roberts. There's, there's a lot of other guys who can catch footballs behind the – and that's not even talking about the starters. That's right. DJ right. Moore and, and Robbie Anderson. And don't forget, even last year and in, in preseason, we're like, man, this guy's so really good. Maybe Can he break that starting lineup? I mean, he could break the starting lineup and be one of those guys. He has that type of ability. He just needs to be on the field to show it. All right, so we hope to see Terrace Marshall on the field this Friday. Uh, when we come back, We'll hear from Taylor Moten. Jim had a chance to catch up with the uh, uh, basically the fixture on that offensive line. It's a new-look offensive line. Timo is the mainstay. All that is coming up on Panther Talk. This is the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. 
This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Coke, official fan refreshment of the Carolina Panthers. Robinson playing up in the box this time. Zappy the snap, moves the pocket oh, yeah. left. It's intercepted. Far sideline. Tay Hayes, tiptoe in the sideline. 10, 5, he's in. Man, we got great coaches. We got great players. And we all just feed off each other, really, in the back end. And, I mean, that, that's just how it is, really. We got good, good ones, and we get to watch them, DJ and... JC and we get we got Coach Coop and Coach Wilkes so you know we got all the good pieces to just be uh, phenomenal players in the back end as long as we feed off each other. Back to Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, and Jim Zoki with Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. As Anish said, heading into the break, uh, the the anchor of this Panthers offensive line for a couple years now has been uh, Taylor Moten over at right tackle. A lot of talk about. Ike Aquanu, the rookie, learning at left tackle. Brady Christensen, there was a battle with Bradley Bozeman before he got hurt with Pat Elfline at center. Austin Corbett at uh, right guard. But Taylor Moten at right tackle is the guy. I can't believe he's 28 years old. Sixth year in the league now out of Western Michigan. And I talked to him about a number of things, including how the O-line is coming together. I think the bonding has um, made big strides. I feel like we're really growing some serious chemistry up front. I'm loving to see it, and I feel like there's been a lot of individual um, major strides and growth as well. And it's just uh, as camp pro, uh, keeps going on, just excited to see this group collectively continue to uh, go in the right direction. The last time you talked to us as a group, you talked about the, the, the singing and so forth, and uh, you said the veterans were, were pretty good, the offensive line were pretty good, the O-line. We'll see about was was it a bonding experience, or was it, could it be divisive in some ways when the talent level is that diverse? <laughs> Uh, I don't think it was, it was div- divisive, no. Um, definitely more brought us brought us closer together, giving us up to talk about how bad they were doing. I've had a couple of people ask, like, keep hearing about you know competition at center, left side, and so forth. They go, no one talks about the right side where Austin Corbett and uh, Taylor Moten are. Is that a good sign? Like they always say when you don't hear your number called during a game, is that a good sign that there's not a lot of chatter because you guys are pretty locked down on that right side? Hey, um, I try to... Not pay attention to the outside noise, what they're talking about, that uh, that kind of stuff. Ultimately, just focusing on being the best version of myself I can be, you know, and just competing with the version of myself I was yesterday. And ultimately, working towards my individual goals and my team goals of just working to be a better leader and doing everything I can to help this team win a Super Bowl, you know. Um, ultimately, all competitions aside, I think as a collective group, we're we're going the right direction. It's a good sign you have competition, right? That means there's a number of quality guys as opposed to sometimes injuries set in. It's sometimes hard to uh, have five healthy guys you want out there, right? Yeah, I mean, I love the room. I love the talent we have in there. I love the work ethic. And it's, it's a great group of guys. And you know, I'm excited to go to war with them when the season starts up. What about Austin Corbett? Obviously a, a pro's pro coming down and played at Cleveland for a number of years and so forth. What what have you noticed about his game that uh, since you guys are working side by side? Very cerebral person. Great work ethic, very you know championship mentality because you know obviously he won a championship last year, so so we can all feed off of and learn you know what it takes to be a champion because he's been there. And James Camp and the offensive line coach has been around the league so long with Green Bay and so forth. Obviously, one of the most respected guys at that position in the league. What's his voice been like in the locker room for you guys? I think Coach Campen is an awesome offensive line coach. I've learned a lot about the game from him. Um, just working on just the minute details of getting better in my own craft as well as just the whole the whole picture which I think is a very unappreciated part of being an offensive lineman 
because you know the more you know about the entire offense, the less you got to think when you're out there, and the quicker you know, the game slows down. We don't have to think as much, and that's where you know I'm at. My game is just through reps. The game is slowing down more and more, and just being around Coach Campin. It's continuing to go in that direction and just, you know, want to have the game slow down for me so I can play faster and hopefully feed that to the other guys in the room. All right, last thing for me. I've heard you've been asked about McCaffrey returning, quarterback competition. You seem like a guy, and this makes perfect sense being a professional. You just focus on doing your job, as you said, the best way you can. It doesn't really affect what you do as far as what quarterback's in there, McCaffrey's in, that out, that kind of thing. That's it. I mean, because at the end of the day, I have a job to do. We all have a job to do up front, and that's to block whoever we're supposed to block until the whistle's blown. Regardless who the quarterback is, who the running back is, you know, I love all the guys on offense, and, you know, all those guys I'm really excited to go to war with, like I said, with the offensive line. Um, but ultimately, yep, just focus on what I can control, and that's continuing to be a better leader and continuing to just improve my game and block who I'm supposed to block out there. Timo, Taylor Moten, uh, yes. so guys, we kind of did the, the list of the uh, starting offensive line as we see it here. How do you guys see that? Because that's going to be so critical for Baker and everybody, Christian McCaffrey back there in terms of improvement from last year. Taylor Moten is one of my favorite players on the team, bar none. He's always been my, one of my favorite players. I think he's a guy who doesn't give up sacks. He has great feet. He has great hands. He had, he's, pays attention to detail. He has a nastiness about him. And remember, he went from right tackle to left tackle and then back to the right tackle. I mean, He's one of those guys that you can plop on the other side too if you need a, if you need him in a pinch. But I think the home he's gotten at right tackle and the development along with Trey Turner, a guy that he used to play with, and now Corbett, and, and then he's talking about his leadership is emerging. This dude is the real deal, and I would hate to be a defensive end going up against him because he's a man that will punch you in the mouth legally, and 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 throw you on the ground. I like the way he plays, and I like the way he's starting to lead. I think. That uh, offensive line. Yeah, that's part of the job description, isn't it? Punch yeah. a man in the mouth right. legally. <laughs> you know, when you used to go back through the uh, Strait of Gibraltar back in antiquity, you had the Rock of Gibraltar on one side and on the other side. They called them the two pillars of Hercules. Yes. Well, I think we've got two now. We had Timo. Timo was one. Yes, it. He's been a fixture at the right side, and now Iki Aquano hopefully can be that fixture on the left side, and you can really bookend that line. They've upgraded the middle with – Christensen being at left guard, Corbett, Corbett. being at right guard, yep. and if Elfline can hold down center, I mean, listen, this is a vastly improved unit up front. Yeah, and Bradley Bozeman will be back in a week or two. You got depth. I mean, Christensen can slot around, Michael yes, Jordan, can. different guys. So I, I like that they have some options because, as you said, guys will get dinged up during the course. And of the that's year. why it's so important for Baker Mayfield to be the guy right now because you need that offensive line to go ahead and work with and get chemistry. No doubt about it. All right. Well, the offensive line, there are some guys there battling not just for spots on the depth chart, also for jobs. When we come back, we'll talk to Scott Fitterer, Panthers GM. Some tough roster decisions coming up. He'll shed a little light on that. This is Panther Talk, brought to you by Atrium Health, because you deserve to live your best life, and we're here to help. I think we had 48, or or ones had, you know, I don't know what it was, 40, 48 plays each day against the Patriots or some sort of number like that. So we worked our tails off this week, and we worked every situation from red zone with no time left to two minutes to all those different things. And so we we got a lot of work done in in the joint practice, and, uh, um, you know, we'll play a little bit next week more and hope that that uh, that brings us closer. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. 
Panther Talk continues. We're here with General Manager Scott Fitterer. Uh, you guys gave us a little bit of news today. Baker Mayfield named the Panthers starting quarterback. From your vantage point, just watching this quarterback competition play out, what are some of the things that you observed from all those guys battling over these last few weeks? Just how classy they all are, how selfless they are. It's you know, it's a team first attitude. You know, uh, Sam's been here. He had a great spring. We, we've talked about that at length. And uh, just how he supported Baker when he came in, how the rest of the room supported Baker when he came in, and how Baker fit in. And they all they all worked to help each other. It wasn't a me first thing. They all would study tape together. They'd quiz each other. They'd just I can't say enough about that room and how, how good they are and how good they work together. You know how these things can sometimes get when it is competition. What what did that tell you about not just the makeup of that room, but potentially what you have from a character standpoint with this team? Yeah, the character, it, obviously that always comes to, to the forefront during competition. But the competition itself actually helped Sam raise his level, helped P.J. raise his level. And so by adding all this competition to the quarterback room, that whole room has grown as a whole. And I think Sean Ryan's done an excellent job working with those guys, McAdoo leading that group. And I think we're in a much better situation going into the 2022 season because of the, the room and the where it's at. I want to talk about Matt Corral a little bit. I know he got hurt, um, tough injury on Friday. He's been a developmental guy. So what's the plan for him to develop while he also recovers from an injury? It's tough. You know, um, he's such a competitive guy. He wants to play right now, and he wants to be out there. If he's not out there, you know, on the field on game day, he wants to be out there during practice, working and getting better. And unfortunately, with a foot injury like this, he can't do that. So he's now he's getting all the mental reps. He'll work through it that way. But uh, it, it's a tough situation for him. But um, he's going to sit here. He'll learn. He'll redshirt this year, and he'll be better off next year. You guys are dealing with injuries at certain positions. So from your standpoint. Where are you looking in particular? I don't want names, but position-wise on maybe identifying some guys who could be out there if, if some of our guys aren't ready. Yeah, our, our pro guys are working on that right now. They, they have a good list going. Um, they know what's you know, out there and what could be available projected cut-wise, whether it's you know due to salary cap, just numbers at a position. We're, they're all making calls this week trying to figure out where it might be. Um, and then we'll, we'll be ready to go when the 53-man cut happens. This roster is still, still not set yet. We'll be tweaking it all the way up to the first game and even you know past the first game. But uh, our pro guys are on it. Uh, Dan Morgan, Pat Stewart do a great job. So uh, keep an eye on uh, what's going to happen. When you go and evaluate you know certain position battles, you know where do you feel your hardest decisions will come internally? You know I think there's some really good uh, battles going on on the offensive line, back in the DB room. There's a lot of numbers there, linebacker room. Uh, it's a good thing because now when you make a cut, you're like, oh, if we cut this guy, he's going to get claimed. Well, you know your roster is getting healthy. You know we're much better than we were last year. Our depth is better. And so that's, that's when you know you're, in the right, um, you're heading in the right direction as a team. The practice squad. You know, sometimes we view that from the outside. Oh, just a throwaway is a practice squad guy. How do you view you know, the guys that you want on a practice squad? You know, I think it has to be a mix between guys and come in, step in, and help you right away you know add depth and also your development you know we're, we're going to have guys on our roster that hey we know they're probably not ready to contribute this year but because of their athletic traits two years from now these guys might help us they're either going to be key backups they might be able to start so uh, it'll be a blend of guys that can step in and play and guys that we're developing 
Just got a couple more. Uh, wide receiver standpoint, you know, you know what you have with DJ and Robbie Anderson. Uh, Terrace Marshall, um, concerned at this point with, with the lingering injury? We need to get him out on the field. He'll be out there, I think, this week uh, for the uh, Buffalo game. He needs to take that step. You know, he's got all the talent in the world. He had a good offseason, but it's go, it's go time for him now. He needs to make that step. Shai Smith's done a great job for us this year. He's really made that step. Uh, so th- there's some nice depth there, but um, we're really looking forward to see what Terrace can do on game day. Last thing with Buffalo this Friday, assuming they play their starters for for a little bit, what kind of litmus test will that be when it's ones against ones with a team that many see as not just a, a Super Bowl contender but maybe the favorite? Yeah, they're loaded. You know, they have a good um, good starting core. Their backups are good, and so this is this will be a really good test for us to see where we're at. Um, I don't know how long our guys are going to go yet, but we just want to go out and play our ball and execute. Yeah, Buffalo is loaded. Buffalo is beyond loaded. If you watch them over the weekend, yeah, they were scoring seemingly on every single drive. And even if the Bills don't play their ones, Eugene, against their twos, if the Panthers can be successful offensively, is there value in that from a confidence standpoint? Absolutely. Every, t- every time you win a game, and when you win a preseason game, and you're going against an opponent that is really kind of a perennial favor or a guy that you say, this team could possibly win a Super Bowl, you have to feel good about it. So I really believe going in this game, if they play their ones, their twos, I don't care. I just want to beat those guys because they're the people who are the favorite. And what does that say about me? You know, you're expecting the favorites to go ahead and beat your head in. You expect that. But guess what? If you can go out there and win a game right now in the preseason with your starters, you, you just named Beckham Mayfield the guy, I think that bodes well for the Carolina Panthers. Now it's a, it's a good test, regardless of who Buffalo puts out there, because you got to just think about what you're doing as a team yourself, no matter who's out there. And for Baker, he's not had a lot of action. They didn't play starters in this second game, so he had he's had one season in the preseason so far. One series, I should say, in this preseason. Twelve plays. Twelve, 12 plays. 12 plays. Yeah, he and he let us at least he let a scoring drive. But you know, even in that, there was a botched snap uh, exchange with the center. There was a miss route by the receiver. Uh, so these things have to be worked out because after this one, and they're only going to play about a quarter, maybe into early stages of uh, quarter two, that's it. Uh, and it probably won't be every starter. It's going to be on to uh, hosting Cleveland in week one. And there's, you know, basically you're practicing against yourself. Yeah, and don't forget Cleveland. I think that's going to be a really good litmus test because, you know, their defense is really, really good, right? And I think that we will hope – I think our offensive line is going to be so much better than they were last year. I think this is going to be ideal. And as you – you put Christian McCaffrey in the mix, I think that we're able to move against that that defensive line. And if we're able to do that, man, watch out. The floodgates will happen. And then defensively, I think that our defense is really good. And I think our secondary is good. And I think the guys we have rushing is good. Uh, my concern is we've got to hold up against the run. If we can hold up against the run, I said, man, we're off and running. Is there an advantage of a quarterback knowing a defense versus a defense knowing tendencies of their former quarterback? I think it goes both ways. So it's a wash. Yeah, it's a, I think it's a wash. You know, some idiosyncrasies you're going to see, maybe he passed the ball. That gives you a clue. Or maybe he looks to the left and then comes back to the right. All those things that secondary is going to be talking about because they saw it in practice all day long. Eugene mentioned one name, Jim, Christian McCaffrey. Weirdly, it feels we haven't talked about him enough this offseason. Doesn't it? I think he's been gone so much <laughs> that we forget that we have one of the best two, three running backs in the entire NFL, and that changes everything. We were 3-0 and out of the gate last year when Christian McCaffrey was playing parts of the first three games. 
I watched him on that little practice against the uh, against the Patriots, and he was running a route, and he runs like a, almost like a corner route, but he sets up the the linebacker so easily that he loses a linebacker. And I'm going, man, Christian McCaffrey, you are so smooth. It is a tall task if he lines up in the slot to cover him with a linebacker or a safety or even a corner because he's that good. But you put him in the backfield, he can block. He knows how to pick up the blocks. But my goodness, that young man can flat out run the ball. He is a weapon. Uh, we need to stop treating him like the 2001 version of Dr. Dre. I mean, let, let, let's not forget about 22. That's all I'm trying to say. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, when we come back, we're going to wrap up with our final thoughts. This is Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. Panther Talk continues on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. We're right on time so far. Nishraf, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. That that hasn't happened in the uh, first few weeks of this show. Our producer, David Langton's a happy man. We're staying on schedule. There you go. The Panthers. It's preseason for everybody. Yeah, it is preseason <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> We're all working through it, including the new guy. Uh, we've got one preseason game left. It, it is against Buffalo this weekend. Starters expected to play about a quarter or so. And then there is some time off until the first regular season game so so Eugene take me through from this Friday and once we get through that preseason game all the way until September 11th when Cleveland comes to town what is happening with the Panthers in that interim so you definitely are getting all your final pieces together you're putting in this the last part of your game plan you're now looking at film for the other team uh, you got 2 weeks to take a look at what what they've done in preseason what they've done the last season you're going to get all that stuff distill all that down and then you're going to put your game plan together and you're going to be working on your game plan almost every day some aspect of it getting ready for that game and so uh i i like to have that like a 2 week 10 day thing that's happening because you treat that just like a when you come off a bye or something like that and it's almost like you're you're enthused and excited about let's getting after this team right here. And it's concentrated only on that team. That's it. You're not looking ahead. You're just looking at the Cleveland Browns. That's it. And what they what they can possibly do to you. And so I like the fact that you have enough time. Coach Rule, you got plenty of time to go ahead and put in wrinkles and all type of stuff and do do the type of things you want to get to do. You know, we touched on this before we went to break. Eugene brought it up. The Browns offer a stress test in the areas where the Panthers say they've improved. You've improved in pass protection, right? You gave up 50-plus sacks last year. Well, Cleveland's going to challenge you up front. They've got Miles Garrett in that defensive line. You've got to be better against the run than you were a year ago. Cleveland's got maybe the best offensive line in the NFL and arguably the best running back tandem in the NFL. That will challenge the areas where you say you've improved. It's a great point. It's... um... We'll find out right away <laughs> where the Panthers are in their progression from the, the things that bothered them the most last year. And to me, I thought out of position groups, offensive line was the, the, the one that they struggled in the most. And you know, not only Miles Garrett, they got Jadavian Clowney lining up on the other side. I mean, they got guys across the board that are really, really good in that front seven. And they have a really good secondary. That's right. They got Clowney. I forgot they got Clowney. He came back too. again yeah, for another back, year. Yeah. And actually, Deshaun Watson, of all people, has something to do with his desire to want to return to play with Cleveland for another year because he's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. Uh, and then you mentioned that running game they got in their offensive line. I mean, they could just bully ball you. And, uh, and the, the Panthers, you know, you think of games like Miami last year and some other games where they just struggled just stopping straight-up runs right up the middle there. But uh, And then you got to be careful, too, because they've got a weapon in Amari Cooper. 
who comes aboard. So yep. they can sucker you with the run game, run game all of a sudden. Jacoby Brissett is not a, a bad football player. He's just you know, he's a guy that's got twice as many TDs as interceptions in uh, his career when he gets a chance to play. So, you know, is he one of the elite in the league? Uh, is he a part-time spot starter? Yes, he's all of that. Uh, but when you got weapons like that, I mean, that could, that could be a difference maker if you start playing too close and loading the box trying to stop the run. And let me tell you about some of the weapons that we have. DJ Moore is a guy that we haven't really talked about. DJ Moore is really good. DJ Moore catches the ball well, but it's hard to bring that young man down. I would love to see what his yak looks like because after the first hit, he's a he's a big man. He's not a small guy. He can actually run through you, you know. And then whether it's Robbie with the speed, you know, and then you got Christian McCaffrey that you can go ahead and, and put out in the slot, and you can put one of the other backs in the backfield. You really have a good arsenal now. You just need a quarterback to go ahead and deliver and distribute the ball. That's what you need. And if he gets in trouble, then make sure he doesn't get you in further trouble with the ball, that he handles it the, the correct way, whether he's throwing the ball out of bounds or just take the sack. He has to have that type of deal. And so there's a number of weapons that we have on the offensive side of the ball that can put points on the board. When you think about DJ, only receiver with 1,200-plus yards from scrimmage in each of the last three seasons. That's right. And when you think of the quarterbacks that he's had in that span, you know, Baker, at this point in his career, Baker will be the best quarterback that D.J. Moore has had a chance to play with. You expect those numbers to go up. I mean, he had Teddy Bridgewater last year, or two years ago. Sam Darnold, Cam Newton, P.J. Walker, a little bit of a revolving door last year. I'm excited to see what D.J. Moore can do with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback. All right, that is our show for today. No, no, we got one more segment. See, there we go. That's a that's a fall that's a false start. That's a five yard penalty. We have one more segment to do. The show is is not quite over. All right, kangaroo court for me. We're back after this. Panther talk continues on the Carolina Panthers radio network. Welcome back to Panther Talk. Anish Roth, Eugene Robinson, Jim Zoki. Um, the Browns, by the way, have not won their season opener since 2004. Now, just throwing that out there. There Panthers you go. Browns, I, love I, love I love it. I love how things. Throw that out there. They have not won their season opener since oh 2004. God, it's like two generations. I know, there you go. <laughs> Keep that going, too. There's high school kids who have no <laughs> idea what a Browns week one. That's crazy. One and zero record looks like. All right, before we go, uh, Friday preseason against Buffalo, Jim, who are you watching out for in that game? I've been impressed by the the rookie, uh, uh, Penn State, Brandon Smith, the linebacker. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's come on and just hard-hitting, plays fast. Coach Rule says guys that aren't starters need to be special teams, core guys that play a position like linebacker. I think he's one that's going to start that way, and then he's going to start pushing for time at linebacker. Kind of reminds me like of John Beast a little bit, that, the quickness in which way, and ferocity in which he hits. I like Tay Hayes. I'm telling you, he had four tackles and an interception the first game, and then he had another four tackles and interception the second game. In the second game, an interception, it was beautiful. It was man-to-man coverage. He's off seven yards. He watches a stop route, a lazy stop route, breaks on it quickly, intercepts the ball, takes it out to the touchdown, scores the only touchdown. He made a name for himself. I can't wait to see what else this young man is going to do. Give me Aaron Mosby. can play linebacker, can play D-end, 6'4", 245, rookie out of Fresno State. He's impressed a little bit here in camp and in the preseason games. I'm watching out for him. This has been Panther Talk on the Carolina Panthers Radio Network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.